Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as we explore God's Word so that we can be inspired, challenged, and comforted together. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett and today I want to share a word about the master of temptation as I comment on Matthew 4 verses 1 through 11. This passage reads, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Temptation is something that we all face, and usually we face it daily. Temptation is so common that we often use it to sell products. Now, remember the potato chip commercial that says, you can't just eat one? Yeah, that one was out there. And, and sometimes we even use temptation to market our entertainment acts. A very mild example of this was the singing group, which was actually called the Temptations. Uh, leave it to the late Christian comedian Jerry Clower to come up with the probably the most unusual example of temptation. He said that one day he went by his uncle's farm and saw a hog out in the field with a wooden leg. He stopped and asked his uncle about the pig. And, of course, Jerry's uncle told him that that pig is like a member of our family. When our house burned down, he rushed in and saved my grandmother, woke her up and got her out of the house. And then when our little girl was drowning in the creek, he jumped in and he saved her. He's just like a member of our family. Jerry asked, then why does he have a wooden leg? His uncle replied, well, son, uh, when you've got an animal of that quality, you eat him only one ham at a time. Jerry Clower, okay, I got you. While we can use temptation to sell products and while we can make light of temptation, the truth is, it is a serious problem that we all face. The very fact that we resort to it so much for our own purposes shows that temptation is powerful and that we often fall prey to it. We are tempted to sin in many, many ways, and none of us in our own power can resist temptation. However, there is a master of temptation, and we will see that master at work today. He'll show us the way out of temptation, and if we follow him and his example, we will be able ourselves to resist more and more effectively as we put these techniques in 
to practice. First, we need to see the identity of the tempter. Everything except God has an origin, and we know that good things come from God. Jesus said that bad things and good things cannot come from the same source. Uh, God can no more do an evil thing than can the shade of black become white. It'll never happen. Evil also has an origin, and it originated with Satan, and so did temptation. So knowing where temptation comes from helps us learn its purpose. The scriptures indicate that Satan began as Lucifer. He was the beautiful day star of heaven. He was the archangel, the most privileged servant of God who played mu beautiful music to glorify God. But sadly for all, he became proud, and so he rebelled against God. And because of this, he was banished from heaven. Now in his bitterness and anger, Satan wants to cause pain. See, Satan's response to this conflict was to become bitter, and he wants his revenge against God, and he wants to hurt God. But he wants to hurt God through turning God's highest creation, humanity, away from him. His main tool for this desperate and dastardly plot is temptation. His main tactic is not to control or possess, but to tempt. This is why the Bible calls him a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's a roaring lion because he's defeated and toothless. He's trying to scare people into siding with him against God. Like many dogs, his bark is much worse than his bite, but he can entice and scare God's people into sin. And by that means, he can hurt God, and that's his real intent. Besides the identity, we see the opportunity for the tempter. Why did Satan decide to tempt Jesus at this time? Because was it in the fact that Jesus was in a weakened situation? Was he kicking someone when they were down? Well, no, in fact. Because, in fact, Jesus was in a spiritually strong situation. He had just been baptized, and he had just heard his father's approval. He was completing a fast, and the purpose of a fast is to grow closer to God. Jesus may, may have been closer to God later in his life in ministry, uh, but I would argue that he had never yet been so close as he was in the midst of this fast. In fact, Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us this. He said, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting is tough. It's tough physically, but it's revitalizing spiritually. So Satan likes to try to play hardball because he wants to be just like God. He wants to show his power, and uh, all through the Bible, he attacks people during or after spiritual highs. He wants to play hardball, so he goes for the spiritual highs. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they walked with God in the cool of the day. Noah, after the flood that saved humanity and all of creation. David, after the covenant from God. Elijah, after Mount Carmel. Paul and Silas, during a powerful ministry in Philippi. And Jesus 
after his baptism and affirmation of God from heaven. So we need to be aware of this trend, uh, this tactic. When things are going well, we need to be on our guard in our hearts because Satan wants to score as many points as possible by knocking off a successful person, a successful family, or a successful church. Now, let's see the methods of the tempter. From this passage, we can see some of the techniques that Satan uses. These are probably not inclusive of all his wiles, but they seem to, uh, to attack three basic motivations in our lives. First, we see that uh, Satan appeals to the flesh. I, I call this the temptation to greed. We live in a world that is fascinated by physical possessions. As one pastor friend put it, people try to get all they can, put it in a can, put a lid on the can, and then sit on the lid. <laughs> temptation makes our flesh our God, and it denies that God is sufficient to care for our physical needs. Next, we see that Satan appeals to our vanity. I, I call this the temptation to gaudiness. Uh, people have always seemed to crave fame and notoriety. Not everyone does, but many people do. And this is especially true today when we create stars of people who've never achieved anything but a master of manipulating social media. People want to be known. They just don't want to put effort into being known for something they've actually accomplished. And this is a tool of Satan in our lives spiritually from time to time. And finally, we see that Satan appeals to our spirit of rebellion. I call this the temptation of glory. We, like Satan, want to think we are large and in charge. But there's only one omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent God of the universe. When Frank Sinatra sang about doing things my way, he is singing the theme song of this temptation. The temptation to place ourselves on the throne of our lives and not Almighty God, who deserves to be on the throne of our lives. Again, Satan may use many other techniques than the ones he tried with Jesus, and we must stay on the alert for his many manipulations and deceptions in our lives. Because Satan is the chief of liars, and we can never trust him. We talk about the the, the master of temptation, and we come to the point where we talk about the defeat of the tempter. So Satan tried to play hardball with Jesus. He was going head-to-head, hand-to-hand with God. And while Satan is powerful because he's an angel, his strength pales in comparison with God's. In fact, the contest wasn't even close. Jesus brushed away Jesus, uh, Satan with a little effort the way we might brush away a, a fly or a piece of lint on our jacket. The result of this contest presents us with some important lessons. First, Jesus had a relationship with His Father from childhood. And Jesus' relationship with His Father continued into adulthood. His relationship with His Father was fresh and renewed on a constant basis. And in doing that, Jesus made wise use of God's Word. And he used God's word to defeat Satan as well. So we can take advantage of these principles also. And if we do, we too can have victory over temptation. 
Consider what Paul taught us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We need to remember that while Satan is a cruel liar, God showed his true nature in that passage of Scripture and in Matthew 4, just like we read. And God gives us the help we need to escape the tempter. He nurtures us and cares for us. Uh, Jesus showed us the way to use Scripture to overpower the tempter. And in conclusion, uh, we just need to see that in our text for today, Jesus showed us how he took Satan's best shot and walked away unscathed. He truly is the master of temptation. And if we let him be our master, then we can master temptation also. If we turn to him in times of testing, he will help us. And like him, we too can be victorious. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another portion of God's Word that we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett.